When you graduated from high school, were you expected to start an engineering degree or pursue other STEM fields? Did you feel pressure to follow in your parents' footsteps, maybe join that family business? That's pretty common. What's less common is ditching the expectations, defying academic normalcy, and going somewhere completely different while charting your own path. If this sounds like you, you're not alone. It's an increasingly common trend among Gen Zers to abandon higher education in the search for self-satisfaction. Welcome to Growing Up Gen Z, the next chapter, the podcast series about finding your way through the world after high school for all of us trying to figure out that daunting next step. I'm your host, Evan Mostovac, and within this podcast series, we're going to explore the lives of a variety of young people who took very different and often non-traditional paths after their secondary education. In this first episode, I'll be talking with one of my best friends and favorite people, Max Hughes. Max is a tattoo artist based out of Noe Collective in Ottawa, Ontario. We've been friends since high school, and watching him grow and evolve as an artist has been an absolute treat. Without further ado, here we go. <clears throat> All right, and we're back. So it's Evan and Max here. Max is a longtime friend of mine, uh, and he's here to kind of talk about himself, how he got to where he is, what he's doing, what his education path, what his interests are, and essentially just what happened in that period between high school, where we used to be friends, and where we are now. Cool. So I think the biggest thing about me that stands out when you ask that question is the urge to stick out from a crowd and be my own person. Um, when I was younger, I was obsessed with being quote unquote weird. That's what like I kind of identified as. Um, and now that I've grown up, I still feel that way, but I definitely identified more with the word freak. It's more out there and I like to be out there. So I just like to be my own guy um, who's recognizable in of myself. Um, so I am a tattoo artist. Um, I work in a collective. It used to be three of us. Now it's just me and Kelsey. Um, I'm definitely the one that's in the studio more tattooing and she does more of the admin stuff. Um, mostly because she has chronic pain issues, so she's not able to tattoo as much as I am, but hopefully she's going to start coming in more. Um, and yeah, that's for work that's really all i do is i tattoo sometimes i will have art sales if i'm not getting bookings or i just need to make more money um so i'll make handmade prints um or sometimes i like to customize clothing um but that takes a lot of time and effort and sometimes it feels like it's too much for me so i do that like kind of rarely now for sure. I know that's something, though, like in my head when I think about you a lot, though, I think about you, A, yes, as a tattoo artist, but also as just like a general creative. Um, I've purchased some art off you. I know you've had a lot of art sales with some friends and homies. Um, you've been making art essentially as long as I've known you. Um, and I think even before then, you have tons of sketchbooks. You're always drawing. Um, you're always creating art designs everywhere um, in terms of your branding, your personal page, like graphics, things like that all the time, which is pretty cool. Um, so from my point of view, at least I do see you as almost a general creative, but primarily you do uh, tattoo. So tell me how you started with kind of tattooing and how you got to this point. How did that all begin? Where did this come from? Yeah. So since I was in middle school, it's been my dream job. Um, both my parents have tattoos, so I've always been interested in it. It's so cool that you can just 
permanently alter your body. Like I'm into body mods in general as well. I've been getting piercings since I could legally get piercings. Um, so it's always been what I've wanted to do, uh, which I feel is really lucky because I know so many of my friends going through high school didn't know what they were going to do. Um, whereas I could just do what I wanted and had fun in high school. Um, what really like started this path was after COVID hit, I just started a new job at a tattoo shop as a, um, counter boy. Uh, and it was really not for me, which I know, I feel like we're going to talk about that in more depth later. Um, but I worked there for two weeks. I got fired and then didn't have a job in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I had savings, but I knew my rent was pretty high and they were going to run out fast. So I just ordered a machine on Amazon classic, um, started practicing on one slab of fake skin. My friend gave me and some citrus fruits, um, did the first tattoo on myself about a month later. And I was really lucky that I had a lot of friends in Ottawa who were willing to let me do tattoos on them. Um, and pretty quickly, it kind of just became my job. So in high school, you knew you kind of had this vision. You wanted to be a tattoo artist. Uh, wasn't really sure how to get there, I guess. Because with tattooing, my understanding is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, a lot of the time it starts out with more of like an apprenticeship program where you find somebody, you work in a shop, um, and you figure that out, and you sort of work with an artist, and you learn as you go, learn from them, slowly turn into a tattoo artist just by working with somebody who understands the craft. But that is not what you did. So... Uh, within high school, coming out of high school, what was your plans? What happened there? Uh, where was your direction in life going? Tell me about that. Yeah. So like I briefly said earlier, like going through high school, I didn't take a lot of courses that I didn't want to take once we got into being able to choose our own classes, which was fun for me. I got to take things like I was in the culinary schism in high school. I did a co-op at Ottawa Youth Theater working with the technician John. And I really just did things that interested me because of that. Like the last two high years of high school was the most fun I ever had in school. Going out of high school, I knew I did not want to go into university. I've never been good at academia in general. Um, the school system is not made for people with silly little brains like mine. So I knew I wanted to still continue school at some degree, though, because I was scared and I was living at home and I didn't want to like, like just continued working as my little um, post office man job forever. So I decided that this was like my my great thought out plan, which obviously did not actually happen. But my plan was to go to Algonquin to the two year baking and pastry course. Because in my head, my thinking was that will allow me to travel to everywhere they need bakers. People are baking in all different cultures. So I kind of wanted to go to Europe, bake there, get just like a shit ton of tattoos and like worm my way into the industry that way. Because I so many people say like the best way to start tattooing and like get an apprenticeship is to just get a bunch of tattoos and kind of befriend a bunch of tattoo artists and like eventually pop the question that didn't happen because COVID hit at the very end of my first year so I did have a lot of fun in baking and pastry like I really enjoyed it my classmates were cool 
I was kind of like the the comedy boy, the class clown for the first time, and I really enjoyed that. But I didn't want my parents to have to keep paying for me to do baking during pandemic because uh, we weren't even allowed to go into the school at the beginning. Uh, and I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. For something that's half baking classes, I, I'm not going to just like buy a shit ton of ingredients and do it at home. Yeah, no, it's definitely understandable that doing like a very physically hands-on program such as culinary or baking would be heavily disrupted by the COVID pandemic, of course. But you touched on something there and I just want you to know that it's sort of the raison d'etre for this podcast. It's just the fact that a lot of people, especially within our generation, within the youth, if you'd like to call it, aren't necessarily disenfranchised, but they're just looking at exploring possibilities outside of higher education. 20% fewer Gen Z are interested in pursuing higher education in 2022 than 2020. So there's a huge, just almost generational mind shift away from like university or higher academia as like the end game or the direct path outside of high school. So it's cool that you sort of took that non-traditional path for going to like a baking college, of course. But then obviously that didn't really work out with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic and all of that. So you're definitely not alone in terms of that, which is also why I want to talk to you because I want to talk to you about this interesting path that you kind of took where even after baking school, you couldn't really explore that European trip that you wanted to, where you're going to go and try and immerse yourself within two culture. That didn't really work out. So instead of that, obviously with the downtime for the pandemic, that's when you started getting like the tattoo gun, the fake skin, all that. And that started kicking up. Is that correct? while I went to Algonquin, uh, I was still working at my post office job. And then after the semester had happened and it was the summer and I realized that I wasn't going to get to do what I wanted to do, I started looking at maybe try to get an apprentice. Yeah. So I was the counter boy. Um, and that wasn't just counter duties. That was also, I was the cleaner of all the bathrooms and the general spaces. I wasn't yet at all near any of the like actual tattooing process it's a very very traditionally run shop so most of the people who work there actually treated me like shit because they knew i wanted to get in the industry and the traditional apprenticeship is kind of like you do every single thing for the tattoo artist for like a year or two before you even like get to touch the machine and because they all went through that their mindset is this is how it's done i was treated like a piece of shit I came out of that. So now everybody who comes in the industry has to do it the way I did. And I very much did not like it. Uh, the day I got fired, I was talking to my mom about how I didn't really want to work there anymore. Just because it was very like toxic workplace, a lot of sexism, a lot of blatant fat phobia. There wasn't sent out loud racism, but the people that worked there, you could tell one of them was like an ex-white supremacist, had like a Confederate flag tattoo. It was not a cool fucking workplace. Like the uh, only one, the only person there that treated me like a human was the artist Sally, who used to be a graphic design artist. So she came from a much different background than everybody else and came into it as an adult. So I don't think she had the same treatment getting into it. So yeah, after I got fired, I was like, okay, well, I still want to do this. And uh, quite a few people I followed on Instagram started out not through an apprenticeship. So I started seeing it as an actual thing that I could do on my own time. Just for context, that was that first tattoo shop in Ottawa that you were working at the front table, like the sort of front of house staff doing some admin duties there. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of scary. 
I'm really grateful actually that I went through that studio because it taught me how a studio was run in the traditional sense and it taught me a lot about what I didn't want to bring into my practice. I saw a lot of the time the clients were just treated like canvases. I hate when people say that because it defeats in my eyes the purpose of getting a tattoo. Like I think in my practice, my top priority is my client's comfort, like period. Um, I want people to feel safe. I want them to be able to cry if they need to, take as many breaks as they want, stop the session if they need be. I just want people to know that they can be themselves. And another thing I saw in the studio a lot was someone had been emailing back and forth with, with an artist about a very specific custom design they wanted. They would get to the shop and the person who was tattooing them would be like, so what are we doing? No recollection of anything they've talked about, no recollection of who they are as a person. And then they would get told like, let's say a dolphin on my foot. The artist would write next to me, go to the massive computer, look up pictures of dolphins, take one they thought was a good reference picture, literally just trace a picture of a real dolphin, add the smallest little flare and be like, okay, this is your design. And then would be like frustrated if they got asked to change anything. And I really hated that. <laughs> I really don't like... I feel like the person is not getting what they want. They're just getting like some random image off the internet. And I feel like there's a lack of respect in that as well. I also saw the artists doing like three to sometimes five tattoos a day. And they would just complain whenever their clients left. They'd be like, oh my God, I never want to do another fucking rose on someone's hand ever again. They would just be so tired the whole day. And you can tell that their work was affected by that. They didn't passion for what they were doing. They were really just in it for the money. So seeing all of that really fed into my idea of what I wanted to do. And it was almost completely like a 180 from how that shop was run. It's interesting to note like that didn't sort of disenfranchise you. So that seems like a pretty harsh experience. I know when we talked about it privately and before that you had a lot of just negative experiences there. And as your friend, honestly, you seem kind of unhappy with that job in general. I could definitely tell that it was sort of a bummer. Definitely unfortunate, but like that didn't push you away from tattooing at all. Like, did you separate tattoo artists from the actual like art of tattooing? How did you sit with that? And how did you sit with that experience? It's difficult. Like, I, I don't really like the term professionalism because a lot of the time it's just people's ideals of what should happen in a workplace. And a lot of the time it really is just like rooted in white supremacy and racism. Hair and like people not being able to wear their hair in the way they want it and stuff like that. But at the same time, like you do need a certain degree of understanding that like this is a job and the people coming to you are paying clients and you are permanently altering their body for the rest of their lives. And there's also pain attached to that, which um, when I started out was super difficult for me, like really did not go deep enough because I was really worried about people. And when I could see that they were in pain, it would affect me and then make the tattoo process like so much longer. One thing that is difficult because I do try to make my clients really comfortable. One thing that comes with that is me sharing about myself. I'm a very open person. I always have been. And I like to talk about myself. But because of that, people feel like there is that instant like kinship. And people sometimes, a lot of the time, assume that we are friends now because we've had one tattoo session and I was friendly and talked about myself and let them talk about themselves. 
I am really bad at putting up boundaries in that way. I have some people that are very overly comfortable in the studio where like whether it be they come in and just like start sitting on the bed and like maybe touch things that they're not supposed to or people i've had a few clients flirt with me um and obviously that is make that makes me very uncomfortable and i really am i'm not the best at dealing with those situations i don't like telling people what to do especially when it comes to their body so if somebody like goes to sit on the bed and the bed's not set up i will just let them do that until it's time for them to get off the bed and then i'll be like okay we need to do stencil stuff up off the bed but i definitely do need to work on communication in that light and setting boundaries but it's difficult when i want people to be comfy like i just want people to feel safe so it's hard to also be like but don't do these things sometime one thing you touched on there was sort of just the idea of like inclusion and accessibility, respect for people for who they are. And I think you guys have a pretty unique studio in the idea that it's sort of a cooperative thing where there are multiple artists there that you're working with, but it is also a business. So how do you work with that sort of accessibility in mind? What are your sort of views on it? Do you have any, like, how do you set boundaries? How does that all work for you? Yeah, I think 100% Um Especially because I did not come from the traditional apprenticeship background. I definitely am learning all the time. Like sometimes I feel like I learn something new every single time I do a tattoo, whether it be about the actual physical tattooing process or how I interact with my clients. I'm pretty like happy with my foundation right now of how I do everything. But a year ago, I was super proud of what I was doing. And I'll look back at the work I did then and be like, oh, yikes, I would love to do a touch up on that guy. And, um, but that being said, like, I think most of my clients are very happy with what they have. And if they don't, like, I, I really hope they reach out because I do appreciate touch ups and I would love to do that. So this is where you are right now. You are in Ottawa helping run this business. Uh, you're a big part of it. Essentially, it is your business. It's what you do. But in terms of the future, like, where do you see yourself? So in my head, before I lived alone, my plan was to stay in Ottawa for maybe two more years maximum before moving to probably Montreal and tattooing there. I love my clientele. I think they're fucking awesome. A lot of them are trans and non-binary. Almost all of them are queer. The people that aren't still love them too. It's always a treat to like tattoo some random cishet man. I'm like, how did you find out about me? Okay. But that being said, like, I do think that it will be harder for me to book going into the future because I'm very strict about what I tattoo. I only tattoo my own stuff, customs that are within my style or things from like one specific book I have called the Book of Ornament. So I do fear of my clientele kind of like shrinking because people aren't going to forever keep getting tattoos for me. And like Montreal has always been kind of where I wanted to live. The queer community is thriving. Even just, I went there recently for a guest spot and just walking on the streets of Montreal was so interesting to me because I'm used to being the freak who's obviously queer in the streets of Ottawa. And I went to Montreal and I was like, oh my God, uh, there's too many hot people. I can tell they're mostly queer. Oh my God, their fashion's crazy. So I think like the people who live there would be more interested in my tattoos. And there's also a much larger community of people who started tattooing in similar veins that I did. So I feel like I could actually have a community within the tattoo scene, whereas in Ottawa, I don't really have that. Like, I love my studio mate, but other than her, 
there's not many artists in Ottawa that I really know. Um, it's kind of isolating sometimes that I can't talk to people about my job. I can't ask a lot of people questions if I have them. So when I was in Montreal recently, it was very cool to just chat with the people there about things that have been affecting my work, see if they've had similar issues, and just be able to chat about the industry and how they're navigating it as well. In terms of when you're talking about your clientele base, that's something that's not even unique to tattooing, but any business owner, any salesperson, anybody who works in a job where they have clients and people that sort of interact with them, where they interact fiscally as well, that's always sort of a worry to make sure just obviously everybody needs money to survive. They got to know where the next paycheck's coming from. It's a very important thing that can definitely affect you. And I think that's really interesting. But one thing I want to talk to you about that you did bring up was the idea of identity. Um, so you're a transmasculine. How does that play into sort of what you're doing? How did that play into your career choices, your experiences? So I guess like a little history about me is that I came out as bi and then like two weeks later was like, never mind, I'm pan. And I was like, oh my God, yes, of course. And that was in middle school. Parents took it very well. They've always known I've que I was queer. When I was a kid, I once said I wanted to get married to Ellen in a suit. So I don't think you can get more obvious queer child than that. And then when I was in grade nine, I came out to the whole school pretty fast after coming to the realization that I was trans. I didn't really let myself have a trial period. I kind of just was like, okay, uh, call me Max. Use these pronouns. Thank you. And then came out to my parents about a year after that, which they were not fans of me coming out to them last. But I'm not going to get into it because I could talk about it for hours. I think being trans as a tattoo artist, it's super powerful because a lot of people have a lot of queer people and especially trans people have gender dysmorphia and gender dysphor dysphoria about their bodies. Um, and one thing I think is so fucking cool and special about tattooing is it allows you to decorate your body and it allows you to look at parts of your body that you might not like or connect to and want to show it off. For me, I my original top surgery was canceled. Something that really helped me through that process of getting my hopes up, getting COVID, and then having to wait a whole nother two months was I tattooed myself uh, on my upper belly, like right underneath where my boobs used to be. And for that month and a half remaining before top surgery, I wanted to wear crop tops. I wanted to take fun, flirty little pictures because it allowed me to see my body in a different light and not as just a negative. So it's really powerful that I can do that for other queer and trans people and just like allow people to maybe not immediately love their body, but allow them to let themselves like a part of them a little bit more than they did before. Because it's, it's really hard to be a trans person a lot of the time, especially these days, like society is constantly telling you what to do when it should be done when it comes to surgeries or hormones. But that's not necessarily the path that any one trans person should take. Um, so it's just cool to be able to like bring back a little bit of your bodily autonomy and just claim yourself for yourself rather than trying to fit in or do what society tells you to. 
I am not trans, but like many people, I do obviously sometimes look at myself in a certain way where I'm not super always a fan of every part of my body. And I can get where you definitely where you're coming from, where I feel like I have more autonomy and more control over myself when I get to make active decisions to make my body look more the way I want it to in my mind or how I want to be. And I think even the tattoo that you gave me was a big part of that. And it's something that I can look at and say, I made this with my friend we put it there, want it to be there, it means a lot to me. Um, and it's it's part of me. It, it is, and it's a part that I definitely got to choose and f- have full control over myself, although I can't understand the full experience of being trans and all the difficulties and things that happen with that. I do get the idea of tattooing as giving yourself back control over certain things and just allowing yourself to be happy with and who you are and what you look like. going to go back now, like way, way back. When you were a kid, where did you kind of see yourself doing? Like before you even had the notion of being a tattoo artist? Honestly, I've never really been one to look in the future. When I compare how I feel about my future with my sister, like my sister knows at a certain age she wants kids, whether she has a partner or not, has like goals for herself and stuff like that. That's kind of never been me. Ever since I was a kid, I have, I've loved music and I've loved arts. I love to sing and I love to draw and <laughs> those have definitely been constants in my life. I definitely knew that I was an artist very young and that I wanted to do something like that. But I was also intimidated because there is the notion that's like very old now of artists do not make money, which is just not true. And I think in this day and age with Instagram and TikTok, it's it can be easier to like gain a following and it doesn't have to be all within your city like people across the world can buy prints and stuff like that from artists but yeah like i don't know if i really i feel like the first job i ever actually wanted to do was be a tattoo artist from middle school like i can't even really remember if i had any other dream i might have wanted to be a singer at one point but that to me never really felt like it was actually a possibility as a career and i've also never like written music or the only time I ever wrote lyrics was when my parents got me a rhyming dictionary and I would write little things that were like, me and Steven were blank or even like <laughs> just a bunch of words that rhymed. And I was like, this is music. This is good. But yeah, I feel like I never really had any path other than the path to where I am now. I feel like you did have some opportunities though. Again, after culinary school, you could have been a baker, you could have stuck around with the post office. There were some things, but these were the sort of choices you made. You know, you chose to to sort of leave culinary school despite finishing your diploma there or certificate program and really set out on this tattooing. Didn't. Actually never finished. It was a two-year program. I had no co-op hours and you needed like 200 something. And that was another reason why I used COVID as an excuse to drop out for my parents because I was like, there's no way I'm getting that amount of hours in the next year and a half. Um, So yeah, I actually never finished it. I guess it all worked out in the end because it led you to where you are now. For real. So do you think education also played a role? Did that really affect what you were going to do? I feel like when you're growing up, you think that it's everything. You think like middle school, oh my God, was awful. And I was like, holy shit, I will be a depressed emo for the rest of my life. This is me. And then in high school, I was pretty not confident, even if I might have come off of as that. And I really didn't like myself a lot or my body or how I looked. I feel like a lot of people can relate to middle school and high school being really rough for those reasons. And I also like school definitely negatively impacted me quite a bit especially when I was younger 
because I was in the gifted program, but I'm definitely neurodivergent. So it was really difficult to watch my classmates be disappointed in their 94s, where I had a 75 and I was like, my mom's going to be so proud that I got a 75 on this assignment. So I kind of just like thought I was dumb for a really long time until I started taking courses that interested me with regular curriculum students. And then I realized, oh man, like my brain is smart and I can do things. Yeah, I don't know if, I feel like it was just like a lot of school for me was just trying to get through it and trying to get to the other side. I don't think it necessarily like, obviously, like I can't say it didn't affect my career path because it shaped me as a human. And if I had not gone to the specific schools I had not gone to, like I would have a whole different set of friends and I might not be a tattooist, you know? Cool. I think you said something there that a lot of people are starting to realize a little bit more now, but society as a whole is still pretty set in its views where, you know, Mark's education grades, they're really just not the be all end all anymore. Of course, parents and people older than you a lot of the time in that older generation will say school is so important. You need those pieces of paper. That's going to be what you do. You know, as soon as you're in like grade 10, 11, like you said, you can choose courses that like choose those sciences, choose those math, choose those courses that are going to get you into good universities. Make sure you're getting the best grades. But that's not always what the most important thing is. I think what people you need to be taking out away from education. A big part of it is just becoming who you are, expressing your interests, exploring those interests, building relationships and learning how to build relationships with people around you. A lot of other things that come out of it other than just a grade number, a degree, thing like that. There really is a lot more that I think people just need to be cognizant of, maybe focus a little bit less on just pure academia. School's more than academics. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I don't know, I think a lot of a lot of our friends took the traditional route you kind of included in just of like going to university because we were in the gifted program a lot of our friends were taking those maths and sciences to them that is going to help them in their future career which a lot of the time it will for sure but i do think school is so much more than that and i know there's so many different types of ways that we could approach schooling and how people learn and how people are tested and how to prove that this information is getting to them. And I'm, I'm honestly kind of on the uh, school hater area. Like I really hate how the school system is. I'm not a big, f- I, ne- I didn't even go to university. I'm not a fan of university. Like, especially with these days, there's so many people that will go into one course. So it's like getting that degree used to mean something. It used to mean you went through this higher education and maybe 50 people in a city got that. But now in Ottawa, you will have thousands of people with all the same diploma and it does not help them get a job anymore a lot of the time. And I'm kind of a college girly because I know if I'd stuck with my shit, I would have had a job before I even graduated. Like getting those those jobs, especially Algonquin, like they make sure you get hired. They make sure you have a co-op placement. So even if you don't go where you want to go originally, you at least have a job in that field and you're getting real life experience while you're also doing the school experience. So yeah, I'm kind of pro-college, anti-university stance. It's interesting because even though in that college or university, once you kind of start those programs, they do sort of try and pigeonhole you almost into like a specific path, like colleges, especially. Obviously, you're choosing a very specialized program where in universities, there's some more flexibility. 
um, later on that you can choose and figure out. But in college, you're kind of, you're picking something. And again, like you said, they're going to transition you into co-ops, placements afterwards, something in that field. But again, honestly, uh, you were in college, you were going through your program and it just didn't work out sometimes. Sometimes there's blocks, there's global pandemics, there's all these things that happen that just interrupt, just force us to explore different options or not even force us, but give us the opportunity to explore other options that we might not previously have considered. So it's pretty interesting, honestly, to see how things are changing. And I, I honestly, I hope more people do what, where they're exploring more of their interests and their passions, especially when they have those ability to choose courses and maybe lean a little bit more towards themselves um, instead of outside forces and other people's opinions for deciding what they should do, what they need to do, what their expectations are. So we're kind of done for most of the things I would like to talk about, but uh, is there anything else you want to mention or speak about? Um, one thing I did was think about earlier is I feel like when I was talking about being trans and being in this industry, um, a lot of the things I focused on were negatives. I do think that is influenced by like all the bills being passed in the U.S. right now that are anti-trans and some of them are like ridiculous. Trans people in the U.S. are six out of eight of the steps of genocide are happening right now. So it's definitely weighing on my mind quite a bit. I don't think I've really allowed myself to think about it properly because it's so much and it's not happening directly in my country so I am just ignoring it for the sake of my mental health but I do want to briefly talk about how much I love being trans I'm so lucky that I can be who I want to be and I think for myself realizing that gender is what you want it to be and you do not have to be in the box that you are set in when you are born was so freeing it's such a beautiful community a lot of the time so many of the trans people I meet we do have an instant connection where we just get each other on another level. The only real partner I've ever had, my ex Graham, was non-binary and it was just so special to be able to share the good and the bad and the in-between with somebody who got it to a certain degree. Um, I, I just, I'm like really happy that I get to be a part of this community and I get to choose things for myself and just realize that like life is what you make it and I can do whatever the fuck I want when it comes to my body or my gender or my presentation. Obviously, I'm still very much affected by the outer world and I think about how people perceive me a lot, but... Yeah, I just, I wanted to be like, I love being a transgender. It's so fucking cool and sexy of me and I'm just, uh, slaying life. There's been a bunch of people that you have also leaned on, your partner. Um, I know your sister Tegwin has always been a pretty good voice, pretty helpful voice. Kelsey, uh, in terms of the studio, helping you run things. I think people got to understand that as much as they're fully independent in control of themselves and responsible for the paths they take, that doesn't mean they need to walk those paths alone. You can always have somebody else with you to lean on and help you out and get you through those difficult times and make them less difficult and make the better times better. I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. People got to understand, whether it's their friends, their family, their coworkers. There's a lot of people in the world, a lot of great people they can rely on, they should rely on. Just need to explore what they're comfortable with, with their friends, and just be more open, communicative a lot of the time, and understand that people that surround you are there to help you, and you're there to help them. Every relationship has its own give and take, and there's a lot of people that can just make things a lot easier for you if you just go out and ask for that hand. There's always somebody out there that can sort of help you out with whatever difficulties it is that you might be dealing with, even if you don't realize that they're there. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with all of what you just said. I think I definitely, 
I lean on people a lot, not even necessarily sometimes like one single person that I'm talking to. A lot of the time when I'm really stressed about something, I am on my spam account on Instagram, posting stories about random shit. And I hope people reply, but it's not necessary. Like you sometimes you really just need to put your shit out there um, and just get off your chest so that it's not in your brain. But yeah, I 100% like when I was going through that shit with my first apartment, if I did not have Graham, I really don't know what would have happened to me like i was so awfully depressed and i still think it would have been fucking a thousand times worse if i did not have them by my side my sister is i love my sister so much like i don't understand how people can be single like have no siblings because who am i gonna talk to but yeah i I think it's important to like ask for help when you need it and sometimes ask for help when you don't think you need it because most of the time you do most of the time you got shit you don't even know how heavy it's weighing down on you but people are important and uh we as humans are social creatures even if you're identify as an introvert like you still need to get out there anytime i push myself to go hang out with my friends i hardly ever regret it i am energized and i am much happier the next day and i love all my friends sometimes it's hard for me to look back at what i've done and really like soak it all in like This past month in February, I was really struggling because the months around Christmas are not times people get tattooed. So I just was not getting bookings in February. I really had no money. Um, It's scary in my industry of how if you have a bad month, you instantly have no money. Like I was like, fucked. you know, like more than a thousand dollars on my credit card, like struggling to pay bills like not wanting to spend money on things obviously i had to and then my mom was like you live alone you started tattooing and you have a pretty successful business you're good it's one month and that definitely like i have been thinking about that a lot recently but i think because also i do lean on people a lot like that subtracts from the things i've done even though it shouldn't at all And yeah, I feel like it really is just hard to look at yourself objectively. But at the same time, like I am proud of what I've done. And I feel like in the past year, especially the past half year, I've really been working on doing things to make myself better, whether it be I have weirdly really focused on making sure my dental hygiene is good recently. So I've been brushing and flossing and like scraping my fucking tongue twice a day. I recently bought a Nintendo Switch truly just to play ring fit and i started that up again today i really have not been feeling myself lately um i really think it's because i got top surgery in the summer i didn't bike as i usually do biking is usually my transportation for the entire summer so just coming into this new year and really like not feeling confident in my body has been rough so i've been trying to work on shit like that um and i think just like doing a bunch of little things really has accumulated into making myself feel better about myself and being prouder of the things I've done because I can just like, it's just like less stress. And that was a big answer, but that's my answer. I'm going to tell you what I think and what I know a lot of our friends think. I think it's incredible where you are. I think you're very successful in what you do. I think many people are proud of the art you put on their body. I understand that you've had a very difficult time, that you've had a lot of personal challenges, health challenges, work challenges, roommate challenges. But beyond that, you've gotten past pretty much all of them. And of course, mental health is always going to be a struggle. But I invited you onto this podcast and I wanted to talk to you um, first and be the first guest because 
I think you're incredibly impressive with everything you've done for yourself and the position you put yourself in. Of course, nothing's permanently insecure like you've spoken of, but considering how young we are, you've made so many incredible decisions and done so many difficult decisions as well that have resulted in bringing forward the best you possible, you that is loved by your friends, your family, that is looked at as somebody who I would want to speak to, to tell other people about that because of your success. Like, um, you really are quite an impressive person who I'm proud to call my friend and also my tattoo artist. Thank you. I love you. Um, I don't know. I think um, in recent years, I've realized that Sometimes I don't process things that happen to me. Like a big example is when I put up my GoFundMe for my top surgery and that shit got funded in less than a day. It was amazing. And I was like, sick. but in actuality, I was like, I knew that was going to happen. And that was basically my only reaction because I know so many people. I went to so many different schools growing up in Ottawa and I'm a tattoo artist. So I was like that I do have a big community behind me. But instead of being like, not necessarily saying this is what should have happened, but instead of like being moved to tears and being like, oh my God, I have such a community. I was like, yeah, I knew that would happen. And I feel like a lot of the times I don't feel things and it's like scary. A lot of the time life just happens and I'm just there. Um, and I feel like I don't reflect on things enough and I don't think about things enough. So sometimes I'm just like, Bruh, shit be happening to me. That's crazy. And that's it. And then I move on. Like, yeah, I don't know. Things do get crazy, though. Absolutely. Things get so crazy. But it's through all that craziness that you've sort of filtered your way through and moved through to figure out who you are, what you want to do, and figure out a way to be that person and do those things, which is awesome. So finally, I'll probably be wrapping up soon, but I just want to hear your opinions about tattooing. What do you love about it? What do you hate about it? Okay, I love tattooing. I love getting tattoos. I'm a fan of getting people's flash because I love to say, hey, this is an artist who I love almost everything they do. And I saw something that I really enjoyed. And I like having art on my body. That being said, I definitely respect people who get tattoos that are more emotional and like mean something to them. I definitely understand wanting to do that. So yeah, love it. I know we already talked about like it from a lens of like a trans person and like reclaiming your body. I think that's super fucking cool and important. I think it's badass that people go out and get a tattoos. They know it's going to hurt. And they say, fuck it, it's worth it. I want this cool fucking weird guy on me or whatever. I think that's fucking so sick of like all my clients who like push themselves to go through a big old session or a small session. What I hate about the industry, a lot of it is just the traditional traditional industry and how it's run and how it's mainly just like old white cis men who have so much wrong with them and they've never been to therapy ever and they just do their job and they don't care at all about the people they're tattooing they don't care about their comfort they don't care about the pain they're going through a lot of people have such a huge ego because they're tattoo artists and they think they're so much better than people so when people come to them to get a tattoo there is such a power imbalance that they don't even see because they think that's how it should be done. Obviously, no matter what, there will be a power imbalance because somebody is paying you to cause you pain and put something on your body. But yeah, I just, I really think people 
the traditional industry is is poo poo a lot of the time, and it's definitely changing 100%. In the last five years, even the change has been crazy. Tattoos are so much more popular than they've ever been. As for people getting into the industry, I say that's fucking awesome. Go for it. I am always down to call and chat with someone if they want advice. I know when I got started out, like I didn't talk about this, but there was a group chat of people in Ottawa who were beginners to intermediate level. So when I had questions, I would pop on there and be like, hey guys, blah, blah, blah. Where should I order shit from or whatever? So that was really helpful for me. So I, there are a handful of people who have started tattooing and they've come to me first. And I think just like, it is so intimidating to get started, you really need to have people in the flesh who trust you and who are going to allow you to give you, give them a tattoo and be okay if it's kind of shitty because it will be when you start out. You have to uh, you have to be proud of your own work. And I also think like if you want to tattoo, focus on your style first. I'm so lucky that because I like to be out there, when I started doing art, I wanted my art also to display that making me like grow my unique style. And I'm really lucky that it translated well into tattoos. Like, I love when I tattoo, I think it's fucking cool. I'm proud of fucking all the tattoos I do. Sometimes a little bit less proud of how they turn out, but I still fucking love them either way. So yeah, I think like if you want to go into this, like don't do it the regular route of knowing how to draw fucking everything from like an art school standpoint, doing a shit ton of customs of shit you don't want to do. Because that's the traditional way, and sure, you will tattoo, and you will have a bigger clientele than I will ever have, but you will enjoy it far less, and people won't be able to recognize your tattoos. I know for me, if somebody has a tattoo of mine and they see somebody with a tattoo from me, they know it's my tattoo. And I've had so many people be like, I met this really cool person at a cafe, and we chatted a bit because we both had tattoos from you. So yeah, if you're going to go out there, like make sure you're doing what you want to do. Make sure you have your own style. Obviously, you're going to take inspiration from others, but twist that inspiration and make it your own because it's really important to uh, do what you want to do. For sure. And I think honestly, a lot of that advice can be expanded beyond tattooing as well. Obviously, you talk about being a tattoo artist is sort of a transitional thing right now where there's a lot more people who are doing it independently as opposed to that traditional apprenticeship style. But I think that can be uh, extrapolated to a lot of other career paths and a lot of potential jobs. Just because there's an industry you want to kind of get into, but you don't like the way things are currently being done in that industry or you don't like the traditional path. That shouldn't be a reason to discourage you away from it. It's always possible to find your own way, to make your own path and be the first person to do something your way and figure out a way that works for you that you're happy with. It's just important that you can keep on trying and you can figure out a way. It's always possible. Finally, if there's anything else you have to add, feel free. If not, drop your socials, plug yourself. Where can people find you if they want a tattoo from you, if they want to talk to you? So I do everything through Instagram because it's the easiest shit. Everybody fucking has Instagram. Um, so my Instagram is at minkpoor, M-I-N-K-P-O-O-R. If you think I sound cool, my personal Instagram, as we already said, is self-proclaimed freak. 
And yeah, like if you want to chat about tattoo stuff, shoot me a DM. I, yeah, I'm in Ottawa, but like I said, like I guess spot in Montreal. Sometimes I've done that twice. I've also done one at Victoria in Victoria and BC, which I will probably do every year because I go up to visit my parents for Christmas every year. So I think that'll be what I do in the future as well. And uh, I don't think there's anything else to plug, to be honest. Thank you for asking me to do this. I was very honored that um, I'm the first person.